Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Hello, tomatoes, and welcome to another episode of The Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. I'm Kim Selby, the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter and today's host. So I don't know if any of you ever grew up with Miss Manners or had to go to charm school, as it were. I did. I had to learn to sit properly. I actually, yes, I had to walk with a book on my head. I learned to shake people's hand and look them in the eye because manners were very important to me. I learned which to me, yes, but to my parents, of course, as well. I learned which spoon and fork and knife to use when. But some of that has gone by the wayside and it's also morphed and transitioned. And our guest today is Rosalinda Randall. And she's also a friend. I met her because we both do volunteer work for one of my favorite organizations, the Catherine Center. And she is a really interesting human. She is an etiquette and civility expert with a focus on personal communication skills. So awesome and something really we all need. We're gonna explore how she got into this and talk about her newest book. And I'd like to welcome you, Rosalinda. Thanks for being here. Thank you for the invitation, Kim. <laughs> All right, so how does one, you must have done something prior to being a civility and etiquette expert. How did you get into this business? Yes, of course I did. And it was what we used to call personnel, which is now considered human or called human resources. And um, I loved it. And I did that really the majority of my life. Um, however, my goal was always to be, and not very popular these days, but a housewife and a stay-at-home mommy. And I got a lot of guff from a lot of friends about that, like, that's what you want to do and give up everything. And it's like, well, I guess it's a perspective, right? I didn't feel I was giving anything up. I was getting what I really wanted. So um, during those years, I still wanted to, you know, generate some income. So I decided to volunteer at my son's schools and put together my own little etiquette classroom. And, and I go in every week and, and teach some things. Now, what made me the expert at that time? Exactly. Uh, nothing uh, other than the teachers thought it was a great idea. Uh, so I found an opportunity to get trained and certified in Washington, DC. And I attended that school and um, that really gave me a lot of confidence and knowledge and then doing more research because I was not sent to cotillion and all those things that, that you had. However, I got something that really is 
um, ingrained in me, how I do business, how I speak to people, how I react and respond to every situation. And that was the foundation of, I have my six courtesy, consideration, respect, tact, uh, there's humor and humility. Those are the, the six traits that I base my entire life and business on. And uh, it made it really easy to discipline my children, to deal with situations with other people. So I, I found that even if you, you know, pick up, as you said, the, the wrong fork, if the interaction that you have with the person in front of you is respectful, humorous, you know, tactful, they're either not going to notice or they're not going to care because really what's important is the, um, again, the communication, the, the vibe that you have with the person in front of you. Um, so the one time that I was allowed to date, which was, you know, 18 years old, I couldn't go date before that very traditional home. Um, this gentleman took me to Beverly Hills, where I'd never been, uh, to dinner. And I was presented for the first time with a finger bowl. And uh, of course, I, I, I didn't know what that was. I just oh, no. With a little <laughs> cup of water. <laughs> Oh no! No, no, you no. didn't. You didn't drink didn't. it like in I the didn't. movies. <laughs> no, I know, like Pretty Woman. Uh, no, because this gentleman immediately saw that I didn't know, and he dipped his fingers, and I just looked at him and followed what he was doing. So I am so grateful to that. But being exposed to that in the you know seventeen forks, I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> I just thought, oh, there's a lot out here other than you know Sizzler was our big you know, out to family outing. Um, that's all we could afford and that was it. So um, anyway, so that sparked an interest ever since then to, to learn a little bit more. And then, as I said, I started doing it on a part-time basis. And before I knew it, it was more in demand. And then I got into corporate training, uh, developed my own programs. And uh, really uh, most of the presentations that I've done in corporations and, and colleges um, aside from, you know, business dining and the interviewing skills and things like that is how to interact with someone, especially when there is a problem or a, um, someone that you dislike in the workplace or how someone speaks to you or your boss never says, you know, please to you and, and things like that. So as I started doing these presentations and I love Q and A's, I just open it up to people. Um, I got more that, that people needed a little bit more guidance on how to be tactful. And that's really a nutshell of what I do. Just, uh, I have this, you know, elementary school sounding tagline, um, but it really applies to everybody is you can say what you mean without being mean. Oh, that's a good one. I think this is so important, especially today as we are well, I know we'll get into the communication over Zoom, but as we are dealing with people in a different way and tensions are high many times, if someone's not wearing a mask or you know, if you're just not feeling great on that day, how you interact with people. But I wanna just step back to what you said when you went, well, not when you went on your date, but when you were talking a little bit, you said about how to deal with people and conversations and with humor and being genuine. And I think that that is really the key is if you are truly yourself and you're not apologizing for who you are and you don't know something, but you say, I don't know, and make it a you know humorous statement, that goes so far in my book. It really does. Most definitely. And I think the person that you are saying that to, 
I believe in most cases will allow them to let down their wall a little bit or that defensiveness that they may be feeling because you put yourself in a more of a humble, vulnerable position. You're not challenging them. So that alone can ease the that moment. So you work primarily with companies or do you work with individuals or groups? And is it mostly in the corporate environment in which you work? Uh, initially, it was a lot of the tech companies. Uh, I, I was in there and and just as a side note, one of the most common uh, problems that they were having that I needed to address, among other things, was lack of hygiene. Um, <gasps> so, believe it or not. Um, oh, my goodness. Anyway, so I, I even tackled those, you know, sensitive topics. Um, and uh, uh, yes, a, a lot of college work and then organizations um, that wanted to just, you know, to, to, to uh, upgrade the way they spoke or maybe their presence. Um, so yeah, recently though, I've had a few more clients that are private. Um, it seems to be going that way. Um, just to, you know, because of the job market, it's so tight right now. So many people have lost their jobs and, um, they just want to run by what works, what doesn't. And like you said, on Zoom and, and just little tips that I may have so that they stand out a little bit more. So that's so it, evolved. That's really interesting. It, it sounds to me like a good avenue might be for a parent who wants their 18-year-old or their 21-year-old to know how to function in the world in a way that is not taught in school. And that you might be a great person to communicate with because I love your way of communicating. You're very gentle. You're very genuine. I could see how a young person would listen to you and not a parent. <laughs> That's the case with everyone, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, anyway, but so you've written a couple of books now, haven't you? Yes. Uh, All right. So what was your first book? The first one is Don't Burp in the Boardroom. <laughs> and... Um, it is a humorous, kind of sassy, uh, somewhat sarcastic, I've been told, uh, way. But I, I just wanted to break things down on, on and it, most of it is communication and how you present yourself and options on dealing with things. I do not tell people what to do. Um, you know, for example, it's like, oh, I just told my boss off. Go ahead. Is that, is, what should I have done that? I don't know. Should you? <laughs> I mean, it's, we all have to be responsible for our decisions on how to handle situations. Um, so I offer options as I did in, in the second book. And, um, and also like, if you don't do it this way and you do it that way, you know, tell him off, these are some of the consequences. And I think that's where people have a lot of trouble accepting the consequence of what they felt they should have said at that time or they said at that time. And, and then it just gets deeper and deeper. But um, so that book is really all in the workplace, um, tackling things from ageism, you know, dealing with someone how to uh, not be pegged as an old person. And then they, when the younger kids don't invite you. Um, oh, to... give us a suggestion. What do you do there? Because our listeners are mostly women over a certain age. Mm -hmm. And I would be curious to know what you would suggest to someone who is dealing with ageism in the workplace. And you know, it's a real thing. 
Uh, we know. Yeah. It's, just, it's a real thing. And um, most people don't stop to think about it until you get there, you know, and then you feel it. Um, some of the things, and people may disagree with it, but the, what I have chosen to do is keep my personal life personal other than me. I went here. I just tried a yoga class, things like that. I do not divulge if, say, if I'm a grandmother. Um, in some people's heads now, they see, oh, you're a grandmother? They're um, subconsciously going to put you in this place. Um, and so if there's a conversation about something trending, they may not include you or look over at you because, well, you're a grandmother. I just think of my grandmother and she wouldn't get this. So now you start getting excluded or you're a grandmother. You probably don't go out for drinks uh, and, and you'll get excluded. So I'm very private when it comes to that. Anything that would allude to my age. Again, some people are very proud. Show you pictures of my grandchildren. Um, there are people that I take class with um, that are my children's age. And, but I never, another tip is don't say, oh, you remind me of my son or I'm so, you know, I, I'm so glad to be around you because my kids are far away or anything that alludes to that. Do not try and be mommy to them or bring cookies to share and things like that. Um, so, and, and try and stay positive. And if you can, I mean, this is just for general, continue learning the trends. Sometimes I just go online and see what's trending. So I at least have a clue of what they're talking about. I may not know the details. I may have not watched that, but at least I, I can pretend, you know, my facial expression, like, oh yeah, I heard about that. And yeah. it's okay to learn from them. You know, what was that about? Um, so improv, I know you take improv and most everyone there are you know, my children's age. And sometimes they do bring things up that it's like, I have no clue. So I go home, I learn it. Um, so those are some of the things. And, and it's just also your behavior. You know, if you have a limp leg, okay, you can't hide that, but don't dwell on your illnesses and sicknesses. And I just went to the doctor. And if those are your only stories, don't share. Don't share. Yeah, such good advice. Such good advice. I try so hard not to talk about my ailments around anybody, first of all, yes. <laughs> but, and all the classes I take, yes, I'm usually the oldest one there too. Yeah, whatever. That's because we are young at heart. And I also say to people, go on social media. Even if you hate it, you will learn what is going on. People go, oh, I don't want that. I'm too old to learn Instagram. I'm like, you're 60 years old. What do you mean you're too old? No, you're not too old. We, we're never too old. That is really a big thing for me. And I love how you are saying, just don't emphasize your age. I think it's really, I mean, it's fine to embrace it. I do tell people, anybody who wants to know my age, because nobody thinks I'm that old. My wrinkles <laughs> give it away, but you know, nobody really thinks I'm that old. But I think it's really important to just embrace youthfulness, no matter what. I guess there it's everything so different now though, right? Oh my goodness. Talk to us about uh, how you've been helping people throughout our pandemic, which has gone on a lot longer than we had anticipated. <laughs> and I'm afraid it might go on even longer um, or at least through the next few months. Uh, yeah, that, that has been very difficult. Um, naturally my business, I, I did do a, you know, a panel, I was on a panel. So I've had some business through this via Zoom. And uh, the one thing that um, has changed and I'm really trying to learn how to engage without having my audience because I feed off the people in front of me. 
right? And, and right. As you know, with improv and everything else, it's just, I need those people. I need to see the expressions. Am I on this too long? You know, just their, their body language, everything. I'm just totally aware of who's in front of me when I do these presentations. And I don't have that. And I do some television um, interviews as well. And the, the rapport that I've built with some of these anchors that I've been on several times with, it's not there anymore. So I'm kind of laughing, thinking we probably would be chuckling at the thing I just said, but I might be looking like a fool because they might not be chuckling and I can't watch because <laughs> I got to look into the camera. So all these things are super, super different. And um, so I feel that I get a little more reserved when I don't have my audience because now I, I, I don't know. Are you liking this? Are you not liking it? Um, so that has been something um, that's been different. And yes, I've had a few people, you know, call and just say, you know, I can't look at the camera. I'm so, the biggest one is I'm so uncomfortable looking at myself. So I say the one tip that could just off the top of my head is don't look don't. at yourself, <laughs> look at the camera there, put a cute little face or your puppy dog's tiny little face right there where the camera is, whatever. Just don't look at yourself, check yourself before you get on there in the mirror, make sure things aren't hanging out of your nose or teeth or, you know, whatever it is. But um, basically it, that that's a real struggle for a lot of people. It's yeah. almost like you're on TV. I it, it's me, I'm talking and I'm the center of attention. And that's very difficult for a lot of people. Right. Even if you're one of many in a box, it's a difficult thing. I always tell people, look at the other person, look at the speaker, look at who's talking. Don't look at yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's really good advice too. I mean, that really is. It's, it's a simple thing. Very simple. And then remember that you are on camera. You know, start <laughs> picking your nose or scratching places, you know, <laughs> checking your phone when your boss is talking. Oh my gosh. Cause you can easily forget, especially if you are on speaker view or, you know, any of those things. And I've seen people like, Oh God, you know, I was on a one where the girl was doing this. I was speaking. It's like, wow, girly, you need to call me later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's learn a little etiquette, shall we? And uh -huh. interpersonal skills. Yes. Well, tell us about your new book, the one you it, just published. It just happened. I did not mean to, but again, I, I got contacted. There's a couple of TV stations that contact me on a regular basis and it was all COVID related and, you know, work, what, what can we expect? And just anyway, COVID related topics. And of course I write notes down before I'm going to go on TV. And I just kept writing and writing and writing to the point where I had, you know, it's not a super thick, like a 90 page book um, and just COVID related. So how much can you really write on that? Um, but it covers all spectrums of life, not just the workplace. Um, you know, how to deal with someone who's standing behind you and they don't have their mask on properly. Is it your business to tell them? Um, and is it, is it, we want to know. Okay. Well, there are a couple of factors. First, where are you? What county? What city? Because things vary. I was in Arizona a few months ago and one city right next to the other, which I was going to go to next, uh, was different. They did not, it was not mandatory to wear a mask in that city, but this one, it was mandatory. Some stores will put, please wear a mask, but they will not enforce it. They will come up to you and ask you nicely. And I saw people without masks and some with masks and everyone left each other alone. You just kind of step over. So before you go, you know, speak in your mind, uh, make sure you know what the law is in that local area. Uh, if you'd like to, you know, again, I don't stop people from doing whatever they think is right at the time, but that's what managers get paid the big bucks for, <laughs> you know, contact the manager, 
have a, or have a little more space as long as their mask is on there or maybe it's off. You don't know. Some people do have a medical condition that doesn't, that prevents them from wearing a mask. To me, turning around and having that interaction with them, I'm breathing their air. Right. So, and then I'm, I'm, my blood pressure's going up. Um, <laughs> we're, we're exchanging breaths. So to me, I would rather face the other way, get through that checkout stand, mind my business and get out. And now if I want to report them, tell the cashier, go see the manager, this person isn't wearing a mask and let them handle it. That is probably the least um, dramatic potential or volatile um, volatility that could, could ensue if, if you were to handle it yourself. Right. No, I agree. It seems common sense, but I think some people really need to hear that. And what's the name of your book? Uh, the book is called Keep Your Distance. <laughs> That's so cute. Handling Common Dilemmas in Uncommon Times. This is uncommon, isn't it? And I'm not going to use the unprecedented word because that's thrown over too many times. Yes. Uncommon. I like it. What are some other tips that you could give us from your book that you think our listeners might enjoy, whether it's a Zoom tip or another way to deal with an issue that might come up during this uncommon time? You know, one thing, because people still are getting together, you know, their families, friends that, oh, we rent this cabin or we get together every Thanksgiving. And I know our governor, I really don't, uh, I'll admit this. I rarely watch the news. I can't, I can't take I it. I don't either. People like us don't watch it. No. I don't want to be influenced. I don't, I'm a, no. an empath. I think you are too. And it affects us too deeply. Yes. I hear you, girl. I'm all Very about Very much. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I just can't. So, um, you know, when it comes to vote, I don't want to say that I will, you know, do my research oh, and, oh, yeah. and all of that stuff, but um, I don't need a play-by-play. -play. That's what I call it. If I listen to the news every day, it's just the same stuff, only you're just repeating it in a different way. When something really happens, I'll tune in. But, um, and, and that's something, you know, for yourself that you need to do, because I know people who watch it and are obsessed all day, all night, and they're in this mood and angry and upset and scared. And, and that's fine. Again, if that's how you want to live, but sometimes your mental health um, is not going to make you an effective citizen or uh, perhaps wanting to be in a calm state where you can sway someone if that's your thing um, and express yourself um, or have a, a conversation. Um, but going back to the gatherings, a tip um, is I really say that you need to have that conversation because say you're going to you know Auntie Jane's house for Thanksgiving. Well, maybe Auntie Jane doesn't care about people wearing masks. She's not going to social distance. Um, and she's invited a bunch of other people from the neighborhood. Well, and you're going to show up and just go, and you're a mask wearer. You're still concerned. You thought it was a smaller group. Communicating before you accept any invitation, whether it's for the holidays or just a barbecue or, or let's rent a, you know, a house together as we all always do. Um, that is critical because that can ruin uh, relationships, not just the vacation, but the relationships. Um, if you expect people to follow certain COVID protocols and they don't want to or vice versa, um, can you bring a dog? Um, food sharing. Some people still don't want to share food. Oh, you made that in your house. Uh, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, how do you tell someone and decline their you know, homemade cookies? Um, you have at this time, again, the tact, being honest and just saying, I'm concerned and nothing personal, but I'm not accepting anything from anybody's home. It's just where I am right now. But thank well, you. I think that that's 
Again, excellent advice. And it is something that we should bring with us post pandemic is being honest with people. You know, it has given us the opportunity. I don't eat certain foods. So it's easy for me to say, mm, sorry, I can't have that. You know, if I'm somewhere, it's just, it's not something I can, my body tolerates, but it makes it easier <laughs> now, I guess. I think it's really important to be honest. Honesty is so key. So many times we go to people's houses and we will just not be ourselves, not communicate properly. That is such great advice, communicate. I guess that's what your your whole premise is based on personal communication. Most definitely. And again, with kindness, I don't mean sappy, let's throw some fairy dust before I really get to my point. I don't believe in that either. But if you own it and, and say, this is my reason. Um, and you mentioned something about your body doesn't tolerate because some people say, well, I don't want to divulge personal information, just like with alcoholics. Um, you know, they may not want to say I have a drinking problem, so I can't. Don't, don't pour me drinks. Um, others are very open with it. Um, and, and it really is to the other person because some people will insist, well, why not? Come on, we're celebrating. You know, how, again, honesty, but for example, I wouldn't divulge if I had some medical condition. I don't believe in that. Why, why should I? I would just stick to it and just say, no, thank you. Come on, why? Just one. No, thank you. And if I had to, I'd say I'm driving or I'm on a diet, you know, something very vague or, or right. not, not too personal. If it was necessary, if it got to that point, because that person was insisting, I will go ahead and give them a white lie, what I consider a white lie. And to me, I'm a big believer in white lies. If it's going to diffuse the situation, to diminish that person's volatility that's going up and up and up because they're insisting or it's that important to them, I will come up with something that I'm comfortable with. And, uh, and then it shuts them up. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, I mean, it, I probably am an oversharer, but I also tend to keep people's feelings in consideration as well. And I try to diffuse everything with humor, good or bad. That's know. the best thing. No, no, no. And, and some people who do like, to, you know, I'm an open book. Uh, that is perfectly fine. I, you know, it's, it's, that's what makes it so great um because i've had people who you know i know their whole life story within the first 10 minutes that i meet someone um they don't know mine and very often they don't want to it's just something that they want to share and i think that's a beautiful thing i look at it as a gift that someone felt comfortable enough to share things with me that are personal i so someone like you i would think well thank you for honoring me with your openness you know? Well, you actually have that. I don't know how to describe it, but because I know you, you have a very open nature in that people feel comfortable talking to you and trusting you. It's just something about you that I have noticed over the few years that we've known each other. And I think it's a real gift. I, I do have to say that Rosalinda, I used to do a fashion show for the Catherine Center, which is a home for previously incarcerated women to help them get back on their feet locally in San Francisco. I mean, not in San Francisco, but in the Bay Area. And Rosalinda volunteers there and has been a model on the runway when we do these fashion shows. And she is fabulous. You really shine on that runway. It, you're, you're a really, really cool person too. To, you know, in addition to being so talented and creating your own business, 
which is just so wonderful. It was clearly what you were meant to do. So I think you're a special person. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it would come off insincere if I were to repeat all those things about you. But I do, no, honestly, but but I would say the exact same thing about you. Um, you just light up a room and the fashion show, the reason I can shine is because of you um, and your enthusiasm and joy for being there. It makes us go, oh yeah, this is fun, whether we were comfortable or not. So you oh. know, with that, oh, yeah. it's great. Thank you so much. Well, it's time for us to wrap up now that we talked about the Catherine Center. Anybody wants more information, let me know. But uh, anything else you would like to leave our listeners with about dealing with people during this time? If you have any other tips or tricks, I mean, I love, we are being honest, we are communicating, anything else you can think of that you might want to share? You know, the thing that crosses my mind before I open my mouth or hit post on my you know keyboard uh, is one, what is my point in saying what I'm going to say? Will it help? Um, and what is my expectation? Am I there to challenge people to share something, to diminish them, to hurt them, to share hatefulness? And if I say yes to any of those, I don't do it. Because, you know, we all get angry. We all have our, you know, buttons and uh, opinions that are very strong. But I just find, if I just stop at what is my point in challenging or commenting in a more negative or uh, way, um, it usually is, is it's not a good enough answer. So I leave it alone. And um, that, that's what I do with a lot of things. I don't find that I need to address everything. If it is my reputation, I will oh open that door and, and fight for that because that's all you really have left, your reputation. But if it's opinion-based, you know, there are things that people have said that surprised me, like, wow, you put that out there? <laughs> um, but there's no need to comment. So think before you comment if, if it's really going to help. That is valuable advice at any time in our life, in our world, in our time frame. But now in particular, especially with everything going on in the world, such good advice. Stop and think before you speak. That's great. Well, all of your advice is great. It's so simple and it's been said a million times, but you know, I think we don't get it. Yeah. Some of us. No, you're right. Well, and I think that your book, Keep Your Distance, would be a really fun stocking stuffer this holiday season. I know. Here I am thinking, I'm thinking already, you know, who can I send that to? Just because we could all use a little information about how to communicate better right yes, now. And it's also how to deal with those other people because it's not us, right? Oh, no, no, no. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I can't think of anything else to say, but thank you for sharing your perfect self with us, <laughs> Rosalinda. No, really, you've been um, great, and I really appreciate your time, and I look forward to reading your book. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you.